There we now go. My, now my mic is unmuted. I'm yes, now that. your mic is unmuted. Hello, EKN Nation. How are you? Episode number seven of EKN Face to Face here, of course, on Facebook, and it will be on YouTube as well. Uh, my name is Rob Howden. Over there is David Cole in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm up here in Cambridge, Ontario. And again, we are uh, we're expanding and evolving our content program here during the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic shutdown. Things are looking a lot better. I think that we can all uh, agree that uh, we're kind of moving our way through this right now. Up in Canada, we've definitely flattened the curve. We've had four days of, of decreasing new daily cases, which is great. Same thing around a lot of areas of the U.S. now. As you've seen from the article that we have on ecardinews.com, we're updating all, as many tracks as we possibly can. Some tracks opening up for actual races. Many others are opening up for member practicing. There actually are some rental tracks that are opening up as well. So things kind of loosening up a little bit, uh, which is nice. Money starting to work its way back uh, through the sport. And we do want to thank everybody at the top of the show here right now uh, who have supported our support carding program, a styled aesthetic in our new T-shirt. Again, that support carding T-shirt, hashtag support carding. All the profits going to the EKN partners in the industry. And that's what we're trying to do right now is support the industry. Shout out to everybody coming on saying hello here from the beginning. Uh, I'll say right now it's uh, what, um, May the 12th. It's two. I never even know what day it is. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Seriously, David, it's all just blending in together. Why you need a calendar? I have I've to never get, been to your the office, calendar right should, there, right there. Oh, yes, God. it's Tuesday. Get, you should get one of the uh, the boards that you can change the you know, the dry erase boards. So that That's way, a good idea. I'll, but the thing on the other side of my laptop here is all my foam for my for audio. So I'll I'll figure it out. It is Tuesday, <laughs> May the twelfth. Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you doing, David? You hanging in there or what? Yeah, I'm spending uh, too many late nights uh, iRacing, playing video games. But uh, yeah, I, did, I had a lazy Mother's Day uh, Sunday. We just kind of sat around, watched movies because it was a terrible weather here. So no reason to go outside. It's finally starting to get a little bit warm out with some sun. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting back outdoors because all of last week we basically were inside. So yeah, no doubt about it. once we get outside, it'll kind of help uh, bring things a little bit back to normal as much as we can. Those of you tuning in right now, again, this is episode number seven. If you didn't see any of the ones we had before, the, the, the shows before, we've had some great interviews. I uh, talked to the guys at Margay. Uh, we've talked to USAC Carding. We've talked to a bunch of the track managers as well. Uh, last week, we had a chance to sit down and, and chat with Alfonso Ribeiro and go back and talk about his four or five years in the sport back in the late 90s and early 2000s. That was a fun interview for sure. You can get them on Facebook in our video section, but you can also go to YouTube. All of our face-to-face -face shows will be archived on YouTube. Easy to access them there as well. This is going to be a good one, though, David. This is kind of like uh, the introduction of uh, of a guy that that has come into the sport and is obviously going to play a pretty major role. I don't think uh, many people have had a chance to meet him as of yet. I'm talking about Dan Roach from Briggs & Stratton, the new director of motorsports. Uh, he's joining us on the show here today. We're going to talk about Briggs. We're going to talk about what's going on for the new year. So let's bring him in here right now from Wisconsin. There he is. Dan, how are you? Hey there, guys. Doing great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. First question, it's not a question we'll normally ask once we get past this, but, but how are you hanging in there at home so far? 
Uh, it's been it's been a challenge, you know, um, family wise. My kids are really busy. They're working. My wife is working in the in the dining room. I get the kitchen. So whenever anyone comes in and I'm on a conference call and they want they, they run the ice machine, it's very disruptive. Um, and I, I'm finding that I'm eating a lot more just because I'm that much closer to the M&M jar and other yeah. temptations. I hear you on that. Yeah. I hear you on that for yeah. sure. Hey, so the cool thing is for this program now kind of gives us the opportunity to introduce you to people from coast to coast. There's so many racers uh, in the in the Briggs 206 program, our, our Operation Grassroots, as we call it, all around the country. Folks, this is Dan. <laughs> um, I'm really glad to uh, to take the helm. Um, we've had a great foundation that was set, um, obviously, by my predecessor, did a fantastic job, um, pretty visionary, and really created a lot of momentum and it's just my job to take that momentum and to continue to build on it and, and listen to racers, listen to dealers, um, listen to other people that are um, attached to the sport and understand how we evolve from here. Yeah, I think the first things first, and, and I'd I like to start with the origin story because we can see behind you there, there's a lot of history in karting. It's not like it's not like you've come in from somewhere and, hey, I've got to learn about the sport. Hey, I got this new position. You've been in the sport a long time. So give us your origin story. How did you start in karting? Let's start there. Well, actually, um, my we have a, a track that's really close to my house. I, I'm in the what we call the Lake Country area, which is about 30 miles west of Milwaukee. And those of your listeners who've been to Dousman, Wisconsin, Badger Cart Club has been active for, I think, 60 years now. So when I was about uh, seven or eight years old, my dad offered to take me there. And I could have raced against guys like Scott Pruitt there and a few others that had, had made their way through that track. Um, I was just, you know, not the kind of kid at that time that wanted to go ahead and do that. I was a second born, so maybe a little bit more tentative <laughs> to taking risks and lead. I'm a big birth order uh, conspiracy theorist, and right. it's playing out in my kids as well. But anyway, um, around 2000, around 1992, I actually got a ride in a Sports 2000, um, which is a formula car in yep. SCCA. So pretty potent uh, vehicle there. And uh learned how to wrench on a, on a vehicle. The deal with the owner was that if I did all the work, he'd pay all the bills and I could drive it. So, wow. I mean, doesn't doesn't get any better than that. I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, so I learned how to prepare a car for competition and to be taken to the limit, which then I applied to my kids. Um, my kids started in kid karting in 2008, um, just three years after I joined Briggs. And then um, we, we graduated into having two kids racing and one dad wrenching, which I think is probably the best balance. I think anything plus or minus that, and you either got too much time on your hands or, or you're just rushing through things. I've tried it all, all sorts of different ways. Um, two drivers and one crew is like, it's ideal as yes. far as I'm concerned. Okay. But then my younger son rolled off and my older son kept racing and uh, we started traveling doing um, some Route 66, um, some cup carts in the early days, things like that. And uh, with that extra time in my hands with only one driver, I got behind the wheel as well. And that's when I realized if I had only taken my dad's <laughs> advice, my, 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 my sports car racing career would have been a lot better. Um, anyway, you can't, you can't spend too much time on, on could have and would have, but uh it's it's been a great. I, I love uh, inducing power steer. It is, or, uh, you know, oversteer. I should say, um, it's a fun fun activity on a weekend and really controlling the balance, tuning the cart, and uh, and and obviously the competition. 
Let's talk about your time at Briggs. You, you, you talked about the fact you got in there around 2008. What, what have you done at Briggs before becoming the director of motorsports? Yeah, good question. Actually, 2005 is when I started. Okay. Um, and for my first nine years of working at Briggs, I worked in the Vanguard engine group as a marketing guy. Okay. So we're taking these engines into construction sites, onto commercial lawnmowers, all sorts of things where we're always going up against the big guy. In the in the single cylinder engines, we are always going up against a Honda GX. In the V-twins, we are always going up against uh, Kawasaki V-twins. But Vanguards are awesome engines. It's a great product to take to, take to market. And I did that for nine years. Um, but at some point I felt, gee, if anyone asked me what I did at Briggs and I and I never called on Sears or I never went to Home Depot. They'd be wondering if I you know, worked at a different kind of Briggs. So um, there was an opportunity that popped up in the products group of our company. And I took that and I um, was a director of marketing for pressure washers and generators for three years. And then I moved over into the commercial lawn mowing uh, and landscaping uh, role as well. So brands like Ferris Mowers and Billy Goat um, uh, uh, Turf Equipment were all under my responsibilities from a marketing perspective. And uh, so I did that for about six years total. And then now, um, just at the beginning of this year, I took this role and it, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think you, know, you can talk to David and I, of course, we've done a lot of different jobs throughout our career. But the minute you kind of mm -hmm. get into that career where you get to bring your passion for motorsports into what you do on a daily basis, it just kind of changes everything. How have the first couple of months been? Because I'm sure it was like drinking water out of a fire hose because <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, the rule set changes the things happening. You, uh, you had to kind of hold back the lions for a bit there at the start. Yeah, I, I'm looking back and I'm glad that time is over. Uh, frankly, <laughs> there was there was just so much to learn. I mean, it's a really different role. If it were just marketing, it would be one thing. But in our structure, I'm a product manager um, and also uh, a lightning rod, as I learned very early on. So positive um, energy and negative energy all flows through me, which is yeah. part of the role. And um, so so sure, clutches were, were a hot topic at that time. I'm very confident that we made the right decision there, rules-wise, um, and uh, you know we're, we're moving forward. And then into the second and third month, I was able to get into more of the the fun stuff. Um, the weekly racing series had to be launched. Tracks needed to be recruited. Um, you know, other things needed to be understood. And it's been a real journey, but I love to learn and I love to apply things. And this is a great space for me to do that. It's what, what I find interesting is here we are in the middle of May. This is our first opportunity to introduce you to a lot of people, because I would have to think that by now you would have been at races all around the country, kind of introducing yourself and talking to people actual trackside. You know, um, it's yes, absolutely. Uh, in January, I was able to be kind of like the normal uh, self that I was yeah. I was uh, kind of programmed to be. So January was very busy. I went to Frankfurt, Germany for a global uh, go-kart show uh, called Kartmesse. Fantastic. Really interesting to see that perspective. I ran in the uh, 24 hours of Daytona, uh, SimCraft 24, which was a fantastic event. Never done an endurance event like that. Got to see our product performing flawlessly for 24 hours with very little maintenance. And then I got down to Daytona for a USAC quarter midget race, which was really enlightening. Obviously, those parents, those kids are taking that sport very seriously. And, uh, you know, they're trusting our product to do that, which is amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, talk a little bit more about the uh, the 24 hours of Orlando because that was essentially your first trip as the director of motorsports, correct? At, at, a, at, a, at an actual race. Yeah, it was. And um, still not a lot of people knew me. I was okay. probably the guy who was taking more media than other people were. So I, I had my camera. I was always taking my camera out and did a couple selfies. As you know, we had a world record uh, achieved there. So I was able to get some interviews there. Um, introduce myself to Ricky and Jordan Taylor, who those guys are just, you know, off the hook. Uh, they, they're, are. They're, they are, if you ever think you're enjoying life, um, I would study those guys because they are definitely taking it to the next level <laughs> and they were fantastic. And, but just to know that this guy, you know, runs in the Corvettes and, and this guy runs for Acura and he's driving a Briggs today and they're running it for 24 hours and I did pass one of them. I don't know who was in the cart, <laughs> but um, I have to I have to coach this just a little bit. Now, it, that event went from rain to dry. And I think anyone who's gone through that transition knows that there is an absolute sweet spot where you'd rather be on rains than on dries. And yeah. a lot of people switched over early. I was behind the wheel at that time in, in the rotation. So I... Um, I just found that I was just getting out of turns really well. The cart was suddenly just came alive and I was able to reel anybody in. Of course, I was on virtually, um, you know, intermediate tires at that time. And everyone <laughs> else was like dodging puddles. So it was, it was really interesting, but I do believe I passed, I think their cart was number six. And I, I think I got past them. Uh, I just noticed the helmet. The, both those guys have a helmet that's patterned after their father, Wayne Taylor, yeah. which, is, which is a great homage. Hey, you'll always have that. So that's yeah. the story. Yes. If that's the story. Yeah. Embellish and now I follow it, them. Whatever. I follow them on Instagram and those guys are a hoot. And I'm just like, yeah, remember that? And I, <laughs> I, I dive bombed you into the hairpin. I got you. I got that's you. it. That's awesome. So let's let's kind of jump into some of the stuff that's been going on. David, I'll let you kind of roll into this because I know you've worked very closely uh, with, with Dan on this. But the, the mascot, that, you know, obviously it's something that we've had for a little while. Talk a little bit about the mascot, Dave. Mm -hmm. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive-and-drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Carding Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. We're also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. In 2020, we'll be racing and providing arrive and drive programs for the full Supercarts USA Pro Tour and the Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge, the WK's Car Week in Daytona, and exciting events like the USAC Battle at the Brickyard and the Rock Island Grand Prix. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. 
let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history in motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level and track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of the race day. To learn more about the 206 engine and to find a North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing. What powers you? Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Oh, me. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, Br- well, Briggs and Stratton had a uh, uh, naming contest, and that's something we don't really know was where did this mascot really come from, Dan? Well, I think whenever you take over a role, when a new person takes over a role, they they take an assessment. And I did that as well. And um, I've always been a big fan of that mascot. Uh, the numbers on my carts from 2008 almost and to, to today have been pa- uh, patterned after the animal text. So that 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 word animal and the and the creature that has an interesting font. So I, I converted that into a number, which I've used on my carts um, ever since. Oh, that's awesome. And not to be superstitious or anything, but my <laughs> cart numbers always have a two in it. It might be in the in the tens digit or in the singles digit, um, but it always has a two in it. That's something passionate that I'm, I'm passionate about. But I took that font and um, built it into just our family legacy of our carts and our graphics and things like that. So it was an easy thing for me to see when I when I took the role that there was some untapped potential behind this mascot because I asked a few people I'm like well, what is his name what what do we call him and everyone's like well you call him animal or you call him critter or you call him. And I'm like okay I just asked two people and got two different answers yeah. so there's there's something here so um, it turned out awesome unbelievably. Um, a positive experience for us to throw it out to the community that we had that naming contest. And um, it just so happened that it, that that contest went live right around the time when everyone was looking for something to do. That's it. And yeah. And so, so our, our social media metrics on that campaign are just off the charts. Um, So we had over 2,600 people vote, uh, provide a name on the initial, on the initial round um and we couldn't believe the creativity that we got it was just outstanding a lot of the names revolved around either rex or zilla or saurus um obviously tons of briggs names a lot of 206 name suggestions and because he's really not just 206 um uh, you know he's he's animal too 
So we, we, we had to pick through, we picked uh, 25 finalists out of the 2,600 plus entries. Wow. And then, uh, and, and, and a number of us at Briggs um, voted it down to five. And then those five, about a week ago, went to the community again. We got over 700 votes for the, uh, for the top five. Uh, so we got about a hundred, we got about a hundred votes a day. Um, I think that was about our pace, which was way more, I mean, three, four times more than our objectives and our goals. So um, thankfully we, we missed uh, Bodie McBoatface. Are you guys familiar with that? With that? Uh, <laughs> no. Does that name mean anything to no, you? No, I have no children, but what is Bodie McBoatface? Okay. Bodie McBoatface is like this $20 million underwater vessel uh, that studies the bottom of the terrain of the oceans or something. Okay. Like I think it's, it's, it's either, I think it's British. I think and, I may have seen, um, so, let me see something on that. All right, keep going. All right. So, so anyway, they had this naming contest that went out to the community, out to the social media community. And the name that came back for this multi-million dollar high tech boat was Bodie McBoatface. So it's it's definitely it's definitely something you want to avoid if you're going into an internet naming uh, exercise. So so out of the what twenty six uh, thousand or twenty six hundred that you had, did was mm -hmm. Boat Anchor one of them? Uh, no, but we had. We had <laughs> that we seems had to be. That seems to be the most popular name for engines of the past is it's a boat anchor now, correct? <laughs> there were some that weren't so nice. Um, yeah, okay. Sir, sir, uh, sir Leaks a Lot was one. <laughs> I remember that one. Uh, there, but there was um, a Brigatti, like a Bugatti. Brigatti. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, Cardi B uh, was interesting. That's not um, bad. Yeah, Lord, yeah. I mean, true. it was crazy. It was crazy. That's awesome. So what did we end up with? What were the final five again? So the final five, you're, you're, you're quizzing me here. I'm, um, there, help it was up. interesting. There, there were two of them that came in extremely early. So out of 2,600, two of them came in as entry number 24 and 25. Wow, okay. So um, one was Apex, and the other one was, um, oh, darn. It, it, it's, I got them. I'm drawing Brigzilla. a blank out right now. Okay, Brigzilla was like 300. 340 yep. or something Chomp? like that. Go ahead. Chomp was very, very early. That was the other one. That was super, super early in the voting. And we got Dino. Dino was kind of in the middle. And then the last one? Revit. Revit. Interesting. Revit had only seven more votes after it. It was, it was very unique. We hadn't had anything that was Rev-related. Um, we really liked how the V's were kind of suggesting the pointy uh, aspects of the logo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, phenomenal. We ended up um, having 65 semifinalists. So if you if you guessed a name, but you, say you guessed uh, Brigzilla, but you spelled it with an S or you you were a later entry, that that meant you were a semifinalist. Okay. So we're sending out kits of just kind of swag kits for the 65 semifinalists that we oh, had. Wow. Right. And then of course the, the winner gets a 206 and a jacket and a hat uh, that was signed by Joey Logano, um, Alex Bowman and, um, and Ryan Blaney. Uh, okay. Got that done, got that done at, at Daytona. Um, and then we've got these 65 people who are getting these other, um, these other swag kits as thank yous. And then finally, I want to thank Comet Cart Sales for donating the second and third place prize, which is a $206 
gift card for Comet Cart Sales. They awesome. they also helped us get the word out. So we are very grateful mm. to Comet Cart Sales. So what, Dave? What do we know, Dan? When when the time is? When, when are we announcing the winner? This morning it he was, did. It was announced this morning. <laughs> I missed so it. It's, Bri- yeah. it's Brigzilla. Brigzilla. Yes, yeah, that was my yeah. pick. So I like Brigzilla. It's got a great attitude. Um, yeah. A little homage to uh, obviously Godzilla. It's mean. It's approachable. It's you know it's everything that we were looking for. I like Breeze it. That's fire. what I said. <laughs> yeah, I like yes, it. Yes, That's exactly. awesome. Yep, so yep, obviously thanks. with with the marketing background, obviously this contest kind of dives into that a little bit. Is that something that you're kind of looking forward to with the Briggs and Stratton racing side of things? Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say that we want to have a bit more presence. Um, I think there's a little bit more of a connection that we can have with the community. One of the other things that I've started on Facebook is a is a series called Fast Five where um, I, I throw five questions out to a racer that races our product in one, one shape or another. We had a quarter midget kid who had some awesome uh, responses. Uh, Ricky and Jordan Taylor responded to our first uh, Fast Five set. We've taken a little bit of a break on that just because there hasn't been that kind of on-track activity, but we've got a few more of those planned coming up shortly. So that type of thing, um, weekly racing series is also another really out there kind of program where we're getting our brand out in, in front of a whole bunch of people. So um, I, I like our, our portfolio of marketing tools at this point very, very much. Let's uh, let's actually uh, segue right into the Briggs uh, Weekly Racing Series as you bring it up. Mm-hmm. What's what's the status of how it's going to look for 2020? Because obviously uh, with the shutdown here right now, waiting for tracks to come on board, you guys have had to kind of adapt and move things around. What's the evolution going to look like for this year? So a number of tracks, uh, perhaps watching this, know that there's been a number of events that were scheduled for the weekly racing series that just flat out aren't happening or didn't happen. So, I mean, we've missed a number of events already for a number of tracks. Our goal is to establish a fair and equitable time uh, start time for the whole program. Uh, At this time, I think it's about June 6th, but we're just going to have to see. Um, but we're super excited about uh, the weekly racing series this year. Again, that's one of those terrific foundational um, aspects or elements that were that were part of the program when I started. So I'm super grateful for the foundation that was prepared there. Um, but we're taking it up a notch in 2020. Um, what I've noticed is that our prize vault, our group of prizes that go out to our racers, have been largely focused on Briggs and Stratton, which is great. Um, we've had a lot of our products being part of those prize packages, but I felt like at this time we had built enough um, equity within that program that we could go out and market that program to others and make the prize vault much more diverse. So it turns out companies really responded. Um, I can kind of break this news here on this program. Right. Our first place winners are champions in the three categories that we have. So it's uh, Canadian uh, senior, uh, U.S. senior, and junior. Those three individuals will receive a new roller cart from Variable Line Racing, VLR Racing. They're going to get a roller, and a brand new roller, which is wow. awesome. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 a fantastic first prize. It's something really to to gun for. We're also um, really excited about Cartlift joining the the program as well. They're donating some cart lifts, which is awesome. Franklin Motorsports has um, has jumped on board as well. So the prize vault is really getting more diverse. And I really wanted to 
to align it more to what every racer would really, really appreciate. Yeah. Let's put this out there right now. Then I, I don't know that people maybe thought that that was something that was an option because normally Briggs had kept it as a big Briggs products. So can I, mm-hmm. can we throw it out here on the show right now that if anybody wants to potentially get involved with you, just get, contact you directly. They're going to have to do that for 2021 because our prize vault is already fixed. Okay. I, I appreciate the idea, but we've, go, got 2021. we've got $19,000 worth of prizes for each of our three groups. It's a total of $58,000 worth great. of prizes. So if we could just get on track and start gunning for it, you know, it'd be, <laughs> it. it'd be really it. awesome. Uh, one other thing just to mention is that uh, for our tracks, we, we've evolved the track results tool. So this is the tool that tracks will upload their their race results into. And we've got a much more intuitive way for tracks to enter their data. Um, there's opportunities there for the sponsors to get visibility uh, throughout that. But our 38 tracks that have signed up, nine in Canada, 20, 29 in the U.S., are all going to really, really appreciate that interface to load up those points. Now, a question I would have now, because we have this, we're pushing off until June the 6th, is there an opportunity for more tracks still to sign up if they have not done that already, or are you locked in? We're, we are locked in. Okay. Um, we reached out to every track that had ever raced with us in the, pro, in the, in the history of the program. Um, a number of the tracks were probably uncertain at that time um, when it came down to um, uh, sign-up time. And the, and the deadline for that. So that deadline, unfortunately, has passed. We've got the tracks that we're going to be carrying forward. And um, yeah, so the, the, the system is, or the, the program is fairly locked in at this point, but we're really excited about uh, taking it forward. That's awesome. One thing I do want to touch on, and I, we've talked about doing an article on this, and I think we should still do this, but let's chat uh, briefly about it here in just a short segment. Uh, Briggs and Stratton is not just about carding. I think people realize, you know, they think about Briggs, 206, the animal, whatever it may be, road racing, sprint, uh, or dirt or oval racing, uh, asphalt oval racing. The Briggs power plant, the 206, uh, all the other power plants you have, they're in so many different parts of the sport. And I don't think people realize that, that it's snow, snowmobile racing and, you know, dirt, uh, like the, the mini uh, sportsman's mini, like the mini modified kind of thing. Talk a little bit about where the engine actually is used in different uh, different applications, different series. It's, it's amazing the diversity of how this product has gone. Now, our product line is de- defined as one from many. So there is one core of our product that goes into many different directions. At this time, there's five different versions of our product that go out to market. Um, in the case of the, um, the M series for quarter midgets, there's some specific um, uh, elements to that, a splined crankshaft for gear reduction things like that that get built into the product. So it takes a little shift over in one area and is different. In uh, For the animal, obviously, we build animals knowing almost for certain that it's going to go directly to an engine builder. So whenever there's any kind of um, part that maybe doesn't cut the, cut the, um, the, the, the razor thin margin for making it at a 206, that part can fairly get into uh, into an animal because we know an engine builder is going to crack it open and throw that part out anyway. It just it just has to run as we sell it. Yeah. Um, but the 206, obviously, it's the it's the the majority of our engines. The majority of those are going into sprint racing. Um, but you're right. There's quite the diversity. I've got a lot to learn actually about the dirt racing that we do, and I know that we run up against clones in that in that space. 
Um, and I wanna learn a little bit more why that is and understand where, where those, uh, those racers and those engine builders are thinking and needing product at this point. But um, you know, when, when we come down to the, 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 um, the product line that we have today, most of our focus is really around that 206 because it has just really over delivered on its expectations and it, it, it commands a lot of our attention. Well, it's done so much for the sport right now. I think pressing the reset button and really rebuilding the bottom of the pyramid, which is club racing, which has been great. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. As a world leader in personal racing safety products with a sales and service staff and dealer network unmatched in motorsports, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their wildly popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is extremely excited to have made their move into the karting community with a pair of stellar options. Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting. The Stilo ST5 CMR 2016 for kids and the Stilo ST5 Kart Snell K 2015 adult karting helmet. The company's karting helmets are directly derived from Stilo's auto racing helmets that are so popular at the top levels of racing. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels as well as Stilo's lightweight construction and unparalleled field of vision, a crucial attribute for karting. For more information on Stilo, check them out at simpsonperformanceproducts.com slash Stilo or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. Fast, fair, and fun. The Margay Ignite Spec Karting Program offers you all of that at an affordable price. The all-new IgniteKarting.com page provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec package that includes the Margay Racing Chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine package and the Hoosier R80 tire. An Ignite K2 is designed for ages 8 to 12, while the Ignite K3 is available for junior, senior, and master's drivers. The 2020 season has a handful of major events for Ignite Karting. The historic Quincy Grand Prix is set for June 13th and 14th, racing through the city's famed South Park. The USAC Karting Battle at the Brickyard on July 14th, 15th, 16th is held inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where you have a chance to take a lap around the famed 2.5-mile oval and the special Yard of Bricks. All information on events throughout the country and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at IgniteKarting.com. Head there now to register for the upcoming Scusa Winter Series event on February 7th, 8th, and 9th at AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. Arrive and drive packages are still available. So get off the couch and onto the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Another program you guys came out with just recently is the Racer Relief Program. Let's talk about a little bit about that, give you an opportunity to kind of roll that out, give it a description of Racer Relief. Yeah, thanks for uh, mentioning that. I'm going to be uh, having that update on our Facebook on Thursday. But Racer Relief is our awareness and understanding that dealers today are hurting. Uh, there's People are not going into their dealerships. 
there's um, there's just been a kind of a freeze up. And as I talk to dealers, I hear about this. I, I hear scary numbers about um, comparison of sales versus previous year and things like that. So we just wanted to do our part to give people a reason to get into a 206 package, give a dealer the reason to reach out to their customers. So we've we've provided some um, better pricing to our to our dealers for a temporary period of time through May, so that dealers can have a little bit of relief for them and then share that relief with racers. One of the things that I've heard is that the traveling series are gonna be maybe even a little bit slower to start than clubs. So there might be a traveling series racer that's never tried 206, wants to give it a go. And even though it's way uh, more economical to get into 206 than what they might be coming out of, we just wanted to make sure that we were lowering the bar for anyone to try out our package. And um, that's that's really what racer relief is all about. But it starts with the de- with the dealers. They're super super important to us and super vital to the to the sport. Yeah, they're definitely your point of contact, right? They're they're your Briggs mm-hmm. representative point of contact with the customer. Now it may yeah. be too early for this right now because you've really only been in this for a couple of months. But it, is there something on the drawing board for the future of Briggs and Stratton? Can we talk about that? Is there anything out there? that we can discuss or is that kind of been held close to the vest right now? Yes, yeah, still pretty close to the vest. Um, what I would tell you is that my history with Briggs and Stratton, uh, which has been the majority of my career, I've always been really tuned into what the customer is looking for. We're, we call it uh, voice of customer and customer driven problem solving. So I'm just, it's going to be very difficult for me or maybe even impossible for me to change that. So I'm always looking to find out what people are looking for from our product. Oftentimes, if you if you ask a, a customer uh, or someone who's using the competitive product, what do you want? You know, it's too big of a uh, of a question. Yeah. Or even to people to people who are super satisfied with your product, which many people are with the 206. You ask the question, and I often do this: What's the one thing we could change? And um, you know, what what I hear from the 206 is that um, tech can always be easier. Tech can always be um, uh, assisted from our tracks because with a product with a crate engine like that, it's really vital that everyone understands that there's a robust tech uh, inspection going on at their track. Um, and you know, we also hear that people wanna go faster uh, from time to time, although the, the racing product that is out on the track right now f- provided by 206, it's it's hard to beat, you know. It's there's just a lot of tight racing. I've done a fair of it, a fair amount of it myself. I know that you have to be so decisive with your moves, otherwise you just get freight trained, and that kind of tension is just awesome. So I think it I think it helps racers become better drivers, and um, and and it's a great foundation for kids and people coming back to the sport or are new in the sport. They can get competitive and get up there pretty quickly. So um, it's. It's it's interesting to hear the feedback. I don't have anything uh, bolted down or nailed down to share with you guys. You'll be the first to know. All right. <laughs> you, um, but do uh, you, yeah. Do you find that the feedback you get from different regions is always different depending on what region they're in? Because we've in, in karting, at least for me, in the, the lifetime I've been in it, it, it you know it's always different depending on what region you're in, and it's always been different rules here, different rules there. That's the one thing that Briggs and Stratton two hundred six has is it's the same rule set regarding the engine no matter where you go do you do you find still that people have different feedback depending on what region they're in i think that we compete against other 
um, aspects of racing in different areas. Okay. For instance, uh, you know, California is still a tough one for us because, you know, it could be a number of different reasons, but um, our product just isn't as embraced as as readily on that part of the of the country. Um, Canada seems to be almost pioneering in how serious you can take a 206. I'll never forget <laughs> the first time I saw a 206 on a CIK chassis. I was like, what are they, what's going on there? You know, I'm, <laughs> why would you, you know, it almost felt like a disconnect. Now you can't even imagine it not happening. And let me comment on that. Let me comment. Cause that has been Canada for many, many years. When I first started back yeah. in 1995, I would, in those years I was here in the, in the mid nineties, Every driver, every top junior driver would run Jika, Yamaha, and four cycle. And in Canada, they've always done even guys that would run shifters and then four cycle as well. Four cycle was still something where there's always been over the last 25 years. And before that, there was that understanding that you could go, you know, you went fast in a two cycle, but you ran four cycle to be smooth. And that's it still happens. As you said, you're up here and there's so much respect given to the 206 program. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, even my own experience um, with with my with my oldest son, um, there were times when he was my my one driver out there at a traveling series, and he would go from a K uh, a KT one hundred. I'm sorry, HPV. We've had a few engines here. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, he would he would have an uh, HPV in junior, and then switch over to two hundred six. And it's like you're going from the fastest cart to the slowest cart, but you're at the same track on the same day, and unbelievable how how a young driver in that case is able to adapt and and to apply back and forth you know in the in the in the hpv he's going into a turn that he went flat through in the 206 so at least there's a suggestion in his mind that he could go flat through it in the hpv that's right um you know whether you can or can't at least it's being suggested and again, you go back into the 206 and you go through a turn, you're like, man, I just, just two sessions ago, I went through here 30% faster. So what am I scared of? So it's, I think that's really a good point you make there, uh, Rob, you know, in terms of the, the, the dexterity that drivers can have and, and can benefit from in the products they race. Well, even you talked about the the Taylor brothers, right? They're running professional IMSA, IMSA races. They'll run a shifter, but then they'll also go out and run a lot of two hundred six races because they have fun doing it, right? And again, it's about being yeah. smooth. It's about uh, it's about carrying speed. So I love seeing guys that do everything. I think that to me, that's a real racer. I love seeing that. True, I, I I agree. Well, I know we're getting close to the end of this thing here right now, so let's jump in to do what we call the EKN Fast Five. You talk about Fast Five for what Briggs does. We do one here as well. We have five questions that we've asked countless racers uh, over the last number of years. It's essentially talking about your experience in the sport. So, uh, uh, Doug Roach, are you ready for the Fast Five? Dan. Dan, I Dan sorry, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm looking over here at Doug Rink. I was going to ask Doug Rink's question, but I'll hold on to that for a second. <laughs> okay. Dan, yeah. are you ready? Well, let's, I'm ready. I'll ask Doug's question after, so I want, this is an interesting okay. question. But, all right, let's start with this, because you didn't say this. I was surprised you didn't say this. Here's the Fast Five. What was your first cart? Give us some detail. Your personal first car. You said you did some driving. What was it? Well, my my first car was behind me somewhere. It was a JC Penny yard cart, probably with a Tecumseh <laughs> engine on it. That that everyone every every time I drove it around my parents' house. My dad liked that because he had less grass to mow. Uh, so he saw it as a time saver, but, uh, you know, that was, that was the cart where you could kind of hop the curb or the culvert in front of your house and throw the chain off and got really good at putting that chain back on. And try not to kill yourself, of course. 
Correct. Correct. <laughs> what about when you went racing yourself? What was your first racing cart? My first racing cart was a Merlin MR29. So, um, yeah, yeah. A little shout out to the Franklin boys there, out right? there in the, yep, that's their ride. At Dousman, no doubt. At Dousman, correct. What a great track. What a fantastic track. Yeah. All right. Now, okay, I'm segueing. What is your favorite cart track? <laughs> um, wow. You know, MRP is a lot like Badger kind of on a hill. So Michigan yeah. Raceway Park. Um, I like that. The other track that I really like is um, uh, it's out in in Minnesota. Um, I forget Stockholm. the name of that one. Stockholm. Yes. I, yes. I really enjoyed Stockholm. Great layout out there. I've got to go with the hometown favorite, man. My muscle memory at Badger just has, <laughs> has, has paid so many dividends there. So I usually find that I run better at Badger than anywhere else. That's the hometown thing. I'm going to tell you this. Is this going to be... Goodwood. <laughs> I was going to say, here's the interesting thing, Dan. When you're done here, now you haven't been up to Canada yet. When you come to Goodwood, go look at Goodwood, look at Dousman, and look at uh, and look at, at uh, MRP. So Dousman's flat, okay. right? Yep. Dousman's flat. As, Goodwood, as flat as can be. Yes. Goodwood, the front straightaway, is higher. So you go down. Hmm. It's exactly the same layout. Hmm. You go to MRP, it's the other way around. Right, Go look at it right. online. You'll be surprised. They're almost exactly the same racetrack. Goodwood's a fantastic track. They've had Canadian nationals there for 60 years, probably. So that'll be and interesting. The, yeah. And the story about that, I believe there was like a carding book in like the 50s or, or probably early 60s. I haven't heard this. And it, and it was like the general layout of, of a typical cart track, I think. That was, I, I forgot I who told right. me this. Really? I, I've seen that. I've seen that book. There were, um, I've never I heard that. say five or five or six classic tracks yeah. that were designed. And I think both, all three of those tracks were probably like track D, you know, yeah. um, or Seriously, three or whatever. I, I never heard that. Yep. I have yep, all the I've books back book. here. I have old books. I'll pull one out and have a look at it. That's interesting because they're exactly the same racetrack. It's crazy. All right. Awesome. So let's, I'm not sure how long you've been racing for, but what is the biggest win of your racing career? Of my personal racing career, my biggest uh, my biggest win was actually just last year, when um, uh, when I was able to pull together three wins out of four efforts at our track. Wow! So it was just it was just it was just one of those things where there were a number of other championships going on. I was I wasn't running for season points or anything like that. So I was like I was able to drop in without a whole lot of expectations and a whole lot of stress. And I just love that purity of just throwing it out there and. Um, running with everyone who's been studying and tinkering and refining everything all season long and doing well. This sounds like a challenge, David, uh, for the cup cards, North American <laughs> Grand national. We need to get Dan in the cart and well, hashtag beat Dan Roach. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not that good. It, it's, it's uh, we. you know, I'll, I'll take you three on. Oh, that's that's like no it. problem. That's good. All right. So that's awesome. So here's a question for you then question number four of the fast five. Um, cool. Who's your biggest rival? Do you have a rival in racing that you've had before? Like a driver rival? Yeah, like a driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Keir Peckham. Um, he's a club racer at Badger. Okay. And, um, you know, what I like about him and the attitude that I always try to take to the grid is that I'm just here for fun. And you can't you can't wipe Keir's smile off of his face. He's going to laugh if he hears I talk. This guy is he's an outdoorsman. He his his career is in outdoor restoration of prairie lands and things like that. So he's doing good things for Mother Earth. 
but he loves to race hard. And no matter what, no matter what happens, there's a smile under his face and his helmet and, you know, a, a high five or, or maybe a little pushing and shoving, but all in good fun <laughs> uh, as we head to the scale. So I just love his attitude. And I, and I really admire people who keep karting fun. Oh, I like that. That's really good. Okay, here's the final question. And you can use this because you said you did some car racing as well. We can go car yeah. racing throughout your career, whatever, your motorsports career. But the last question is, who has been your biggest mentor or influence? Okay. Um, interesting. I, I've only met the guy once. He's a celebrity. But I think Roger Penske brings uh -huh. a, a special attitude to racing of every kind. Actually had some uh, an opportunity to spend some time with a gentleman named Todd Gordon. Uh, who is the crew chief for Penske. He was Joey Logano's crew chief, and now he's moved on to Ryan Blaney. So he actually designed the original suspension on the Ferris mowers. So I got to meet him in Charlotte um, okay. a couple, about a year and a half ago. We did some content with him, bringing him to the, to the forefront on that product. Wonderful guy. And he patterns himself after his boss, Roger Penske. And it just reaffirmed for me that that is a guy in racing and motorsports that we can all look up to. Yeah, I think that any any uh, anybody in motorsports, you use that name, Roger Penske, you want it to be the Penske way, Penske-ish, right? That level of Penske. It's, just a, it's almost like a verb now, as opposed, yes. as opposed to just a name, which is amazing. Well, you got through yeah, the Fast yeah. Five, Dan. I appreciate that. Uh, awesome. Let's cap things off because I know we're almost done. You have another meeting to go to. Doug Rink asked a question. I thought this was interesting because this is kind of asking you guys where you're going is there a potential, because you talk about people wanting to go faster with, with the Briggs world, is there a potential or thought of, of doing a SEAL, a 206-style sealed engine with the world formula? Certainly the SEAL has been uh, a major part to the 206's yeah. success. I mean, uh, um, indeed. I, I mean, just just nothing, to, nothing bad to say about engine builders. Um, there's still some activity that they can they can partake on with the product. But the seal is definitely um, a, a strong part to our package. Uh, to combine that with World Formula kind of power, that's really interesting. You know, the World Formula has um, a couple other things that are are baked into it that um, that are interesting. I like the way that that product holds the carburetor off mm -hmm. off to the back. Um, mm -hmm. To me, that 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 elevates its seriousness um, yeah. and 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 just kind of moves things in the right direction particularly if you're going to run in the rain, like we did in this, at the SimCraft 24. <laughs> um, although I don't know that, I don't know that a world formula would be immune to, to, to water ingestion at that point. But, um, but yeah, you know, Doug's got a good question and that's a bit of what we've been um, revolving around. We haven't framed it up in that, in that way, but it, I, I really see us lining up with that seal strategy because it's worked so well for us. Um, I yeah. think the seat that the seal goes with what racers want right now, right? They, they want to know that they have a level playing field. They want that. They, they want to know that they're, that, that they're, they have the same stuff as everybody else. I just feel that's over the 25 years. That's something I really feel a lot that people want to have that. I want to be able to go race something and know them on the same stuff. Everybody else has. Right now, the, the, the trouble will be if you're, if you're asking more, you know, this goes for anything, whether it's a, an engine or a, or a ballpoint pen for, for all I know, the more you ask out of a piece of engineered equipment, the, the shorter it's going to last. So um, you know, sure. one of the things we also really like about the 206 is that with the 6100 rev limiter, that product lasts for a number of years. 
And whenever anyone complains about, you know, having to replace their engine, all we have to do is, is you know, because of time, you know, we got, we got rid of the original seal. So we had some feedback of people uh, complaining about us forcing that upon them. And the, qu the quick question is, well, how much have you spent on tires since then? <laughs> you know, since you bought that engine, how much have you spent on tires? You know, how about how about how about fuel for your tow vehicle? Yeah. You know, are we really seriously talking about that on an engine? So we've got to we've got to find the right mix of durability, longevity, and um, and parity. Yeah. Uh, parity is what comes from the seal. I agree. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton-focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to kartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. In Las Vegas this past November, at the Rock the Real finale and the Scusa Super Nationals, Formula K reigned supreme. Daniel Formal drove his leading-edge motorsports Formula K Evo 3 to wins in the biggest races of the year, proving the outright speed of the Formula K brand. And you can make Formula K your cart in 2020 by contacting your local dealer today. Atlanta Motorsports Park is the importer and distributor of the Formula K line, as well as the race-winning Praga chassis, and you can connect with your dealer through the AMP website. The new 2020 Formula K Monster Evo 3 is ready to ride and win, complete with IP Karting's new STRV brake system. Follow in the footsteps of Formal and steer your own Formula K to victory lane. If a Praga is more your style, the Dragon Evo 2 is the perfect choice for single-speed competition. Bolt on your IAMI X30, Vortex Rock, or Rotax Max and go out and win. Atlanta Motorsports Park has both Formula K and Praga chassis in stock to support new dealers, and they have previous year models in their inventory available for racers who are looking to get a winning chassis at a discount. Head to atlantamotorsportspark.com slash karting to learn more about Formula K, Praga, and AMP's karting program. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Uh, David Cole, any other questions for Dan here right now? Otherwise, we'll let him go to his next meeting. Yeah, I mean, we have the engine with the old seal. I mean, it's a matter of, of dollars per, per mile because, I mean, guys are getting mile, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles on the original engine that you guys came out with, uh, what, eight years ago that we, I think we have. Um, <laughs> and it, so, it, it again, the, as you said, you kind of have to find that balance. And, and so it seemed to be we, there were some people, there's, there seems to be people just have it out for Briggs. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of just how companies have to, what have, as you said, you're kind of the lightning bolt where you're getting the positive and the negative feedback. And, and I'm hoping that 
you know, more and more positive feedback comes out in the future as we move along. Um, because obviously people have bad blood towards the long past of Briggs of what happened. And I think they just kind of need to get over it. And thankfully you're kind of in a new face where, okay, the, the people who were there aren't there anymore kind of mentality. I, I, I don't know if that's kind of how you look at it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think also anyone who's paid attention to um, any of the news from Briggs and Stratton um, can find things to kind of pick at a little bit. Right. Uh, my take on that is that I'm really excited that, um, that, that I'm in the engines part of the business, that I'm bringing this energy to the engine side. Because if you read through uh, the details, what you really find is a company that's returning to its roots mm -hmm. of power application. And um, our strategy going forward will be even more centered around power application. Um, I'll take it back to having been in Europe and seeing all the electric carting that's going on there. Um, and and it's, it's interesting because now within the framework of what Briggs and Stratton will be um, defining itself as with power application experts, those types of things, those types of alternate power sources become available and within scope. And it'll be interesting to see how the company evolves going forward. But my take on it is that racing is still extremely relevant to our business. Um, there have been a number of points in, the, in our journey where it would have been relatively easy for, for folks to pull the plug, but we didn't. We're, we're, we're still in it. Uh, putting me in this role uh, is just one part of what we've got going on. But I hope that the listeners would see that Briggs is serious about power applications and that racing is definitely part of that. I like that. That's awesome. Yep. Well, Dan, I appreciate you joining us here on Face to Face, carved a little bit of time. I know you had a meeting before and a meeting afterwards. We kind of carved up some time in the middle. We do appreciate it. Welcome to the sport again. Welcome maybe more to the industry. What? Welcome to the spotlight. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, hey, thanks very much. I really appreciate spending some time and hopefully uh, people have gotten a little bit better idea of what we're all about and where we're headed. Yeah, that was the idea. You're going to see Dan folks around the uh, to the sport quite a bit. It's going to be a lot of different racetracks throughout the year. Of course, they'll be at Dousman, but uh, great to have Dan involved. And again, fresh ideas, fresh thoughts comes from the marketing side of things, different parts of Briggs and Stratton. So a lot of different input that he'll have being able to move this company forward and this program forward. Again, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, there you go, David Cole. We wrapped up another one of our face-to-faces. A lot of great information coming there from, from Dan Roach from Briggs about the, you know, kind of the stuff that you see what they're doing with the yeah. racer relief program, uh, changing things, a little different mindset, right? Going into the, uh, into the weekly racing series, bringing in some more sponsors, bringing in some more industry partners as well. I think that's going to help that program grow more well, than it has in the last I couple of years. You know, having that marketing background, I mean, that's that's key because they they built that structure, that solid base of what the weekly racing series is. And yeah. they have the numbers to back up how many people are exposed to this program. I mean, we were talking, I think it was, uh, you know, what, thirty five hundred racers last year were in yeah. the program. So you keep adding to that number year by year and more and more. And so it, it that helps to it. And then again, as you said, you know, just another boost of energy within a, a company that again, as he, as he firmly said is behind motorsports. And that's something that we love to see uh, here in the USA because it's a USA made product and, and people can get behind it here uh, in, in the sport. All right, folks, we'll cap things off here. Great to have uh, Dan Roach from Briggs and Stratton joining us on Thursday and next uh, edition. We're going to stay with kind of the engine program. We've got both Justin Stefani from J3 Competition, Steve Chapman from Rotax joining us as well. We're going to talk about Rotax of the U.S., how they're bringing it back, 
working, of course, with Canada as well uh, as Rotex uh, kind of getting that comeback going here in North America. The U.S. Rotex Grand Nationals playing for, I believe, July 4th weekend down at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So Justin and Steve going to join us uh, on Thursday again, 2 o'clock. Make sure you tune back in for face-to-face. That's, da- that's David Cole. <laughs> I'm Rob Hub. Thanks for joining us again, folks. Take care. Have a great day.